Listening Dog Media. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it was somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Him. Breathtaking. Like never before. Hello and welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman and Lindsay Hooper. Today, we're joined by one of the UK's most successful musicians. It's 18-time Brit Award winner and founder of Soccer Aid, Mr. Robbie Williams. Seaman says, with Say Style, we'll beat any sale price. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys. Hi. Hello, Hello mate. You all right? Yeah, all good. We are, we are recording, Robbie. So now you. Folks, everything fuck we've started. I've got, I've got absolutely nothing to hide. <laughs> I love my, that. My, my, dignity, my dignity left in 1990, so we're all good. <laughs> that far back? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if any of you have seen the video to the Take That song, Do What You Like. 
I have. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, for those that haven't, for those that are watching the podcast and maybe your co-presenters after this, you can go and have a watch of Take That, Do What You Like, and you can just see my dignity leaving the planet <laughs> within those three and a half minutes of that video. Is it, it's actually a video where there's two versions. Have you seen both versions? You have. I, you, sh you should look at me, Robbie, and you should see that I'm the demographic for you. Yeah. Right? That's what you let's, should see. Let's just say there's one version of that video where we're all naked on the floor, naked on the floor. No, having no way. Jally, yeah, I remember that one. Having jelly mopped off our bare asses. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I might no. have to dig that one back out again yeah. just remind myself. <laughs> I can't look at, uh, that, for some reason the um the the over 18s version has been taken off the internet. I don't know why. I I keep I keep looking for it. I bet it's somewhere. That's brilliant. Well, Robbie, thanks so much for joining us on on Seaman says and uh, I can't believe I've got you on. It's so cool. <laughs> oh, mate, uh, an absolute pleasure anytime for you, mate. <laughs> I loved it when we, when we were doing soccer raiding. You said to me, you went, how you doing? I went, yeah. What? And you went, what are you up to? I said, yeah, usual and fishing and golfing and doing a podcast. And you went, what? You're doing a podcast. I was like, uh, yeah. You, and you went, what? You do it. I was like, yeah. You went, I've got to come on it. I was like, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am. How's it doing yeah. the podcast? It's doing brilliant. We got sent some figures, didn't we, earlier, David, of how it's doing all over the world. Singapore, we're a hit. Number um, one, Singapore. Number one yeah. in Singapore. You you must have had a number one in Singapore, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robbie. It, it's, it's, can I just ask, it's weird how uh, podcasts grow, though, isn't it? Did, is it a thing where you actually go bam and then you know within four or five weeks whether it's something or not? Or do you have to wait for like two years to like inch up the charts? What, how, how does it work out? Well, it was one euro tournament for us, wasn't it? Yeah. It's because yeah. we've got we've got safe hands on it. That's why, Robbie. <laughs> I think it depends who you are. Sorry about the man flu, by the way. It depends who you are. If you've got a huge fan base, then they're going to go straight to it. So, you know, if you wanted a large one, Rob, you'd probably do all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I might start one. So you're a Southampton fan then? He is. Yes. He is. Yes. He is. Oh, is it that? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Latisse pillow. What's what's being a Southampton fan feel like? <laughs> no, I mean like look, I'm I'm a Port Vale fan and you know, we are we're actually second in division two in League Two. And it and it feels like an achievement because there's something happening. Maybe we'll fall off, maybe we won't. But with Southampton you're kind of like you you're destined for We've got tenth or ninth place. I'm I'm not having a go here. I'm, I'm genuinely <laughs> not, wanting, no, not at all. I, I genuinely and I agree. Wanting, I want to know I, the I, psychology of unless we get like oil billions, what what's going to happen? Um, staying up is always a good sign. Um, but we've been such a beautiful breeding ground for such talent over the past twenty beautiful. years. Beautiful, and we take a lot of pride in that. You know, with beautiful. <laughs> Gareth Bale, Van Dyke, you know, and we hold on dearly to our beloved yeah. Littiz. Um, Theo Wolcott, so who I came think, back. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, 
well, we'll we won't talk about him and his recent form. <laughs> but uh, what, what 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 is it that you are? What what is it that could be like a win for you? Where do you, you go? I, I know that staying up is the ultimate result, but where is the sort of payoff? Because if it, it, do you aim for like the Europa League? What is it? I, I'm not taking the Mickey. I genuinely want to know. We had we were very spoilt with Poch and with Kuman, and we made Europe a few times, and then um, it all sort of petered off. There were some bad deals done. We squandered away the Van Dyke money, um, but I I have true belief with with Ralph Hasenhutl, and I think if we get the right squad, if we can aim to go up the table each year, we, that top place fit a uh, top table finish. Possibly Europa would be incredible. Another question. I know this is your podcast, but <laughs> this is what I wanna, another question. While I'm thinking about it, is like why? Why is the Europa League or the Europa Conference so poo-pooed? Why is it like not beloved or enjoyed? Yeah, it's the, especially the conference. I think because that's a new a new sort of competition, and it just seems to be like the third tier of European football. Um, you know, obviously everybody wants to get into the Champions League, but and then but then the Europa League, that's that's still good. But when they brought in a conference, people were like they were actually saying, Well, I hope we don't get in there. You know, even Arsenal fans when when Tottenham actually got in there, they were like, Oh, that's great, because then we don't have to mess about in that that little league they were calling it. But, but don't you don't you think it's like such an unfortunate name that they chose to use? Yeah, totally. Conference, yeah. yeah. See, I, I'm the person that got ridiculed on fighting talk for basically basking in the glory of Wolves getting to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Um, but, you know. Here's, here's, here's an unpopular opinion. I prefer the League Cup to the FA Cup. Do you? Why? Yeah. Because? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have no, no reasoning behind it. I, I think because it just comes in bang at the start of the season, you've missed football, it starts off straight away, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've completely and utterly fallen out of love with the FA Cup. Obviously, you've won it a number of times, yeah. Dave. Is there, yeah. is there still a, a big soft spot for the FA Cup for you, or in secret, are you a bit like? Oh, no, the FA Cup's mega for me. Um, well, not just for me. If, if you chat to a lot of the players, they, they love. They've got great memories of the FA Cup Day, you know, because they, because of what they used to do on Cup Final Day. They'd be like, it's a knockout. There'd be there'd be cameras on the coach and that cameras at the hotels, and it was just a, a, a an amazing day. And you know, I was lucky. I was I've been in five Cup Finals, um, and and all of them. You know, there, was, there was two at um, at the Millennium Stadium, and the rest were at Wembley. Or the other way around, I can't remember. Um, but it was just an amazing day, and it still felt that way, even even when I retired. And then even now, when I watch it, I still look forward, and I like to make sure that I, I get ready for it, like two hours before or when the club restarts, because I just, even from a kid, Do you get your full kit yeah, on. Well, ready now. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Do you know, but I I think I think that's solidified because back in the day when the FA Cup was God. It's like you say, there was the, the helicopters that followed the bus from the, yeah. from the Hilton Wembley or whatever it was to <laughs> Wembley Stadium or, or wherever it was. Uh, and then your career started around about that time because I actually met you at the Hilton Wembley. I met you at Hilton Wembley in 1980. 
88. Was it? Yeah, in wow. 1988. And you wow. were there with Chris Waddle and Brian Robson at a table. And my mum was going out with somebody that knew Brian Robson. And I've got a picture with me and you. So I'll just go back to what I was saying. Your, your, your career started at the time when FA Cup was God. Can I go and ask the punters, the civilians, like myself, what are your thoughts on the FA Cup? Having not won it, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> well, as a Wolves fan, I would say I would prefer Wolves to win the FA Cup than the League Cup, personally speaking. I think it's got more history. It's, it, yeah. It still feels like it has a bit more prestige to it. Yeah, but I, do, but I, are, you, are you still in love with it? Yeah. Not as much as I was. I, I, not as much as in the 90s. I used to love watching the FA Cup final. You wouldn't miss an FA Cup final. And it was on terrestrial TV and... Everybody oh, do you do you think it. do you think that's the fact that why it's gone down in some estimation because it isn't on terrestrial TV? Do you think that's why? I think it that's is? a huge impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. And I think everyone used to, it used to be that gathered event where you'd get around the TV. I know that. You but don't BBC have, have it now, but... I'm sure they have the cup final. They do have yeah. the cup final. For, they have for quite a few years, yeah. haven't they? But they didn't continuously. Yeah. I, I, I think it went yeah, away. I think what else has happened, Robbie, is that like with the Champions League. You know, and the Europa League, you know, the focus has changed a bit. You know, I mean, it was so interesting when, when I was at Arsenal, Arsene Wenger would give us a piece of paper, all the, all the players, and he'd say, write down in order or in preference of what you'd like to win this season, right? And all the foreign players would put Champions League. All the British players would put Premier League. You know, so they, they, their, their focus changed from actually winning the Premier League. They wanted to win the Champions League. I think that um, yeah, the 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 F. I think the Champions League has taken preference over what the FA Cup used to be, because didn't the, the the Champions League back in the day day wasn't it actually like the top one team went through? That's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the winners of every division, not every division, every you know the top league in that country. Um, but then they realised how big it was going to get. And now it's like for us, we get what? What do we get now? Four places. Well, yeah, four five, places. five with an five. FA Cup winner, don't you? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. But going back to your earlier question, what can a team like Southampton hope to achieve? I think any team like a Wolves or, you know, around that area of the league, I think a, a cup run is, sorry, my voice. I think a cup, <laughs> a cup run is way up there. And because of the beauty of the way that the teams are picked it out, that a City or a United could be knocked out early on. You think, oh yeah, we've got a good way through now. But don't, but don't you also think that Thursday night football? If you get into the, if you get into the Europa League as a Southampton or as a Wolves, don't you think that Thursday night football is going to buggy your run in the Premiership too? Because historically, teams like Southampton or Wolves, when they do reach the European League, uh, 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 the European League. Their, their premiership form suffers. Well, it's not happened for West Ham this season. They're juggling but it really they're, well. They're, really they're, well. They're, there's the there's yeah. the uh, there's the thing that there's the team that's bucked the trend. But normally, traditionally, like Wolves get into the European League and then their Premier League uh, suffers. And I know this because I was like, okay, Wolves are in the Europa League. I'm gonna fill my dream team with the back four of Wolverhampton because I get the European games and I get the Premier League games. <laughs> it was the worst decision I'd ever made. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have done that. 
by the way, Robbie, I would take your, your Thursday night football for Arsenal all day long because we're, we're nowhere near it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Something's there's a, there's a wind of change at Arsenal though at the minute that I am currently enjoying watching because um, I've got um, what's his name Ramsdale. Is that your yeah. goalkeeper? Aaron. Yeah. I've got him. Aaron. I've got him and Aaron. Uh, and he and he makes one of the best saves of all time at the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Mate. So yeah, and, exactly and doesn't right. doesn't Arteta say believe in the process or something like that? Is that what he says? Yeah, he's been saying that for for a while, and I think I think now Arsenal fans are slowly beginning to believe him. Um, you know, because we we started off terrible, if I'm if I'm honest. But uh, you know, I I, I, I was games. just I was just thinking last night as I watched. Uh, uh, Manchester United versus Atalanta and Chelsea versus Malmo, and then you watch Gary Neville doing his, you know, uh, Gary Ga- Gary Neville's soccer box or whatever it's called, and, oh, yeah, and then you watch yeah. John Franco Zola going through his career, and I realise how much history I've witnessed with football and what it means to me, and it's just it, it's an incredible thing to have as a love because it's like a soap opera. That is constantly changing, you you know. So it's like Atlanta last night with Manchester United. Atlanta score first, and you're like, Ollie's got to be out. And then Ronaldo <laughs> comes and he scores to save Manchester United, and you're like, oh, how's this going to turn out? And then Varane gets taken off. The reason I'm saying all of this, it's just a beautiful game that never fails to keep you entertained. If one match is rubbish, another match is just around the corner with, you know, an incredible manager that graces us at the Premier, in the Premier League because we've, we've got all the cash. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm just sitting here talking to David and talking to you guys and thinking about football and how much I love it. That brings me on to something <laughs> that I wanted to know, actually, from you, Robbie, is how do you think it compares to when you were in your pomp watching it in the 90s and the 2000s what do you think about it now because obviously in recent years we've had VAR introduced the game doesn't have as much tackling as I'm sure you've been used to watching down at Port Vale so (laughs) where are you with it now what's your love affair like it like well psychologically and physically I'm now 47 so I can watch it without actually feeling jealous that I'm not a professional footballer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, I just, nowhere near good enough to, you know. Would you have swapped it? Would you have swapped the Uh, lifestyle? No, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't wouldn't have swapped it. You know, it's like, I've, you know, I mean, blowing my own trumpet, I've sold out the San Siro Stadium by myself and had 85,000 fans sing my name just to me. I don't have to share that with 10 other people and a manager and a backroom staff and a kit man. You know, it's like I, when, when I'm watching European football, I'm like, I, I sell that. I, I can play that stadium. <laughs> so, you know, there's... there's um, as much as I love football and would have loved to have done both, I, I wouldn't swap it for my job because, you know, the great thing about my job is I get all of the plaudits. The bad thing about my job is I get all of the criticism too, you know, so... Not too dissimilar to a goalkeeper. Not yeah, exactly. Too, yeah, not too... Yeah, not... Your, 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 your mistakes are very, very highlighted. A, a, a midfielder or an attacker can have 
two mistakes a game is never brought up again for the rest of their lives. Unless it's Stevie G's slip, of course. <laughs> but like, you know, you, you, have, you have two mistakes in your whole career and we know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> and I, they shall not be named. I won't, I won't, I won't bring them up. But, um, you know, that's, that's, why, that's why you got paid the big bucks, though. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back to like when you when um, Adam just asked you about, would you rather be a musician or a footballer? I remember being behind you at, in the tunnel at Old Trafford at Soccer Aid, and you were the captain. You were leading us out, and I was stood behind you, and I was like as calm as anything. And you were like quite nervous and everything, which you're gonna be because there was like sixty or thousand going out there, and you're gonna play football. And I remember you turned around to me and you went, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah." So it's like. This was my living, Robbie. Now there's no pressure. No, no. But like, if you asked me to sing, like, even even if you asked me to sing now, I'd be so nervous. No, I, I, re I remember that moment. It was, you know, I, I was what, 32 or 30, literally leading an England squad out to play at Old Trafford with the captain's armband on me. And, yeah. you know, you, you know, being very aware at the level of my footballing talent and knowing that there was going to be three to four million people watching it at home, <laughs> it was absolutely terrifying. And I was, you know, I was having a, a, a panic attack. I was having, <laughs> I was having a panic attack, panic attack. And then I just turned around to Dave and he sort of just like, he looked like a cup of chamomile tea in gloves. <laughs> It was exactly that. It was just like looped around. It looked like he'd put lavender on his pillow and was just about to fall off into a nice slumber. But I have that, a confession. That's... Yeah. So I don't know whether you remember this, Robbie, but back in the day, you would have stopped at the Copthorne Hotel in Dudley. Um, I rem yeah. And I broke through security and got into the lobby. <laughs> When you were staying there. Wow. <laughs> but I didn't get any, I didn't get close to you because they quickly got me and pulled me back. Was that... But I just thought I should confess that I did this. Was that take that days or Robbie days? That was take that day. Right, before, okay. Before the breakaway. Robbie. Yeah, you, you splitter. You didn't stick around for long, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I've got all the other albums, don't worry. Oh, well, bless you. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Robbie, where, where does your love for Port Vale come from? Well, what actually, <clears throat> what actually happened was um, on the TV, I'd say late, very late 70s, early 80s, you only got match of the day. And, you know, that was the thing that I loved watching. And then you get the England games where... You know, back in the day when if you played Turkey, you knew you were going to beat them 7-0. And, you know, there was, the, there was the inevitability in these qualifiers that we were going to do quite good. So I fell in love, through, I fell in love with football through match of the day and uh, England internationals. 
And at the time, Liverpool and Everton were winning everything. And I, 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 I don't know why, but my eight-year-old self, nine-year-old self went, I don't like them. They're winning everything. <laughs> and I don't want to support them. What's, who else can I support? And uh, Tottenham had a great strip, uh, the Lily White strip, and they had Glenn Hoddle at the time. And then there was Manchester United with Brian Robson and uh, Jasper Olsen and John Sieverbeck, <laughs> David <Wow>. Bailey, uh, <laughs> Gordon Strachan, um, <laughs> and, and so on and so forth. And they just bought that striker from Nottingham Forest that came over and did nothing. Who was that? Can you remember? No. Anyway. Callum, come on. Anyway. You're a United long, long, Bertles. <laughs> Bertles, Gary Bertles, yeah. yeah. Long story short, I fell in love with Manchester United and um, the 1985 FA Cup, Norman Whiteside, 101st minute, really boring game against Everton, extra time, Norman Whiteside turns, he scores, he shoots, he scores and um, fall in love with the Red Devils. But I live in Stoke-on-Trent and I've got nobody to take me to Manchester and even though it's 47 miles away, it might as well be Mars. So it inhabits this place that I just can't reach and I can't get to. We can't afford to go anyway. And then when I got to 13 years old, you could get into Port Vale for 50 pence. And it was, it was literally walking distance from my house. It was, it was less than, I'd say it was half a mile away. So I start going to Port Vale and you become part of a tribe and it's 50p and you can see the players and you're in arm's length of them and you walk past their cars in the car park and you learn the songs and you become part of the spirit and this tribe's bouncing up and down and singing <laughs> Johnny Rogers, Black and White Army, we're so good, it's unbelievable for 45 <laughs> minutes and it's like spiritual and religious and it, it, it's an incantation where you sort of part of this spirit that feels absolutely amazing and then you've got the away fans right behind you and if you're lucky you're in the same league or you get an FA Cup with West Ham and then the Intercity firm are sat right behind you and they just they want to fight you and you're like oh, I'll fight you and you're like I won't I'm 14 and I'm terrified and then you're you're you're, you're sat you're sat in the stands and then there's Millwall and they're on the other side over there and they've got these surgical masks on and it's mental you know, the pre-COVID, the surgicals, <laughs> Millwall from the den. Uh, and then you'd be like, and here come Barnsley. And then you'd be like, oh, we're, then you'd have this sort of like reverse snobbery, like Barnsley, you know. <laughs> we're in Stoke, we're in Stoke and we're judging Barnsley. <laughs> come in a taxi, you must have come in a taxi. Ah. You know, and just that rapport and the safety and the anonymity, but being part of this this tribe, mixed with the fact that we had our glorious, which, you know, uh, mean a lot to me, but outside looking in would probably look embarrassing that we sort of rose to the dizzy heights of eighth in the championship or seventh or whatever it was. But we had these players that we were... 
we were buying and selling, you know, we were buying and we, we sold one player for 1.1 million, I think, Andy Jones to Charlton, or it was 800,000, I can't remember. But these figures were happening, there was momentum and there was movement and we were rising up through the divisions and we'd actually go to Wembley in playoffs and win them. So, which is why I go back to the Southampton thing, because at least... I've, I've experienced momentum and movement and winning and even though it's at a much lower level, you know, so the spoils of falling in love with your local team um, meant, meant a great deal to me, obviously, as you can tell from my, um, well, for me from as my well, little speech. I, I, was, I was born there, unfortunately. It's, it's a pretty, I don't want to put it down, it, it's not the most beautiful place. But I know I, I've told the guys on here before. I remember being in the car as a little kid, and we're taking. He's ta- my dad's taking me to school. And we got some mates in there, and my mates are like, "Yeah, I support Man United," and and they're like, "Who do you support, Adam?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I support United as well." And my dad, who was a big Leeds fan, because that's where he's from, he went, "No, son, you're born in Southampton. You're a Saints fan." And I was about seven. I'm like, "All right, Dad. Yeah, I'm a Saints fan." And ever since at the Dell, St. Mary, I'm a, that's it. I'm a Saints fan. Well, I, I tell you, I tell you this story, right? And it's a very, very weird story. <laughs> but like, I was like, I must have been about nine or ten, and back in the day when you were allowed to just go out of the house at that age, you know, latchkey kid, um, um, a key around my neck on on a lace, and. I won't mention his name, but I still remember his name. I'd be about nine or ten, and he had a can of Lilt. Can you remember Lilt, Dave? Lilt, yeah. <laughs> totally tropical taste. Yeah, <laughs> the, the totally tropical taste. And he was like, look, if you get this question right, I'll let you have some of this Lilt. And, and I, it was like, who do you support, Manchester United or Spurs? And I was like on the spot because I'd undecided, but I was like Manchester United. And he let me taste this lilt, right? And it was the weirdest tasting drink I'd ever had. And I just thought, I'm, I'm not gonna drink lilt ever again. Cut to two years later, somebody gives me a can of lilt and I drink it and I realize <laughs> peed in a can of lilt and oh! made me drink his tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. <laughs> Kids are cruel. Kids, oh, no. are, do you know? Do you know the thing is as well? Was like I was visiting. I was visiting. I was visiting <laughs> Stoke with my kids and my wife uh, a couple of years ago, and I went back to my old house. And around the corner, he'd moved two doors away from his mom and dad. And he wasn't in, but I knocked on and his kid opened the door. And I said to his kid, who's about eight, I said, your daddy made me drink his wee wee. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> so we were, we, we were in Stoke and um, my wife had only seen it on Google Maps. And via, <laughs> via, Google, via Google Maps, she was like, I was just showing around the towns and stuff. She was like, it looks, and she's from, she's from Beverly Hills. And she's like, it looks so idyllic. 
And it was just like, I don't think, I don't think Tonstall's ever been described as idyllic before. So we go Are you going to tell us you took us, you took her there on a Tuesday wet night? No, we t- I took her, we, we, we went to the park, we went to Tonstall Park and uh, we were overlooking the park and she said, you know, you, you say it's rough, but it, it's not rough at all. It doesn't feel that way. And as we, as she, as the words left her lips, I looked over at the tennis court and so did she. A young fella went up to another young fella on a mountain bike, punched him in his face and rode off on his mountain bike. (laughs) And I was like, there you go. There it is. (laughs) Wow. And they haven't been back since. (laughs) No. (laughs) How how pleased have you been with Soccer Aid, Robbie? Because he's just... Like I'm not playing anymore in it, but I just I just so want to be involved because it is so special. I I mean I I, I don't know I don't know about you, but it was always huge. It was always big, but it has seemed to have gone through a few different gears to a place now where it exists outside of itself. When I came this year, I wasn't there for the training because I, I I couldn't get into the country, and then. I eventually did, and I came on Friday night, and I woke up Friday or Saturday or whatever it was, and then got on the coach, and uh, with you and a few other guys, well, look, the team basically, yeah. and it it just felt like it had become part of the fabric of our society. It felt like it had become the same sort of thing that comic relief is, or the same sort of thing that Red Nose Day is, and um, yeah, it took it. It took me back. It was just like, wow, this is now bigger than I could ever have thought it was ever going to be. And also, you know, I only thought it was going to happen once. (laughs) Genuinely. I was like, oh, that was great. What's coming back next year? Is it? (laughs) Oh, okay. And now it's this like B-Moth, huge, glorious thing that does wonderful stuff for so many children. And also, you know, a bunch of celebs get to get the jollies off pretending to be professional footballers for five minutes. Everybody, everybody wins. And yeah. of the non-professionals, of purely the celebs, who has impressed you the most over the years? Well, um, I tell you who does impress me because they profess themselves to not be a footballer in any way, shape or form. But they're just a physical specimen and a winner and a competitor. And you would never think this of them having seen them on their daytime job. Ben Shepard's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ben Shepard's really impressive because just quietly he gets a job done in a great way. Um, he's also the only person to get sent off in a charity match. <laughs> exactly. Which is, which is quite amazing. By the way, it was a, it was a red. <laughs> he does it. He did it. He does it, and he did it every game. Absolutely every yep. game. He, he is a gentleman thug. He's a rugby player playing football. Um, <laughs> but I'm yeah, always impressed with him. Uh, and uh, Mark Wright is really, really impressive. Yeah, uh, I remember Robbie. I remember do, in training when Mark was his first time that he came onto the um, onto Soccer Aid. And I was in, in goal, and then all of a sudden, this shot got hit at me, and, it, and I went full length, and I, and I didn't even get a touch on it, and it went straight in the top corner. I was like, 
who the just ate that? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I looked, and I, and it was like Mark Ryan. I was thinking, wow, that was some shot. And I was like, straight on Wikipedia. I was like, what's he? Ah, oh, he's had a bit of coaching before. <laughs> he was just, he's just so impressive though, because he's yeah. just like incredibly good looking with this incredible jawline that's just like this physical specimen that great things are happening for and you know he's sort of like generating all of this thing himself by just turning up and being magnetic and charming and great looking and also he's a fantastic footballer i'm part of the mark wright fan club um <laughs> do you know you know i, I think that I, i'm also also a big fan of Ali Murs, and he always puts a really great shift in. But there's something happens in the match where he doesn't just get quite to the level that I know and he know he's got it in his locker. Yeah. You know, he he'll he'll put in a great shift and he'll he'll do a six point five. But I know there's an eight or a nine in there. So yeah, and it know. was so it was so frustrating for him in the in the last one because he'd just come back from surgery, hadn't he? Yeah. And I saw his knee, and I was looking at his knee, and I was thinking, Ollie, how, how long ago did you have surgery? And it and it wasn't long at all, you know, because he still got like the bumps on the scars and all that sort of thing, you know. But he's he just he wanted he was so desperate to get out there, and all right, he only went out for about ten minutes or so. But it it just shows you the commitment and how much that the the, the, uh, the celebs just absolutely love it, isn't it? Did you say that about yourself as well, Robbie? That you've only ever produced a six and a half, and you know that you could have produced an eight. Did I hear that in there? <laughs> do you know, do you, I, I I tell you what, is I've never been fit enough. I've never, you know, I've never put in the hard yards because you just get to Old Trafford and you realise how how big that pitch is. Yeah. And like my mate Johnny Wilkes scores a wonder goal. And I, I set off to go and celebrate with him. And I'm just like, I can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll, have to come, I'll have to come back from all the way up there. You know, so... You wouldn't I, be doing an adabayor and running the length of the pitch. Absolutely <laughs> not. My, I think that my, my only regret, because like when I work out, I do a middle-aged workout, which is just like, I'm going to get on the treadmill and uh, I'm doing kilometres. It's like uh, six, six kilometres for five minutes. I'm doing well. 6.5 kilometres for five minutes. I'm doing well. Seven. Nope. Back down to 6.5. So, you know, that's, that, that's as fit as... That's as fit as I get. My only regret is I, I never took it serious enough. And also, a few of the soccer aides were back in the bad old, good old days. So I was never really fit enough to show my wares properly. Some of those concerts, though, they look exhausting, like two and a half hours. Yeah, but I know what I'm doing there. I know, you know, it's like I'm, I'm in control of that energy. You know, it's like I'm... I'm I know what's coming next. I don't have to worry about controlling a ball that seems to take 50 years to get to my foot. Because that's another thing that happens at Old Trafford is you'll have a centre-back playing that's an ex-international and they'll spray a ball out to you or Jamie Redknapp will spread a ball out to you and literally you have second thought yourself 10 times before that ball gets to your foot. And it's terrifying. And then you try to control it. Uh, and then I've got a decent three iron of a left foot 
that I can put a centre forward in, right? But put me on Old Trafford in front of three million people watching it at home, 75,000 people, and uh, uh, Jamie's dad managing, that three iron becomes a, a, a driver. And it's like every ball now is going nowhere near Teddy Sheringham, nowhere near Jamie Redknapp, and nowhere near Nicky Butt. And all of them are turning around with a look of disgust on their face. <laughs> Which doesn't improve the internal dialogue that I'm having with myself, where I'm just going, you are a bag of shit. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Robbie, where, what's, so I normally ask like some of my guests, like what's their favourite game or stuff like that. What, what, is, what was your favourite concert or tour or, or place where you had the tour? Um, I, you know, here's the thing about tours, right? Is that if you take each show in isolation, which everybody does when they think about shows, they think one show, an audience giving adulation to you. And that's the snapshot that people do. So what actually happens on tour is this. You're professional, you get up to do your gig, and you create your own drug inside of yourself. So you create dopamine, adrenaline, and all of these things, and you're getting this affirmation from a stadium full of people, and you go into overload. And with this drug that you're creating for yourself, there's a payment. So... For every high, there's a low. But they've also paid to come and see you the next day. So what actually happens with tours is you have these moments that feel <laughs> literally out of this world. But then you pay for them the next day. So you've got a hangover. But then you've got to go do the show again. And you already, as with the mind that I've got, which is sort of panic attacky, scared, nervous, empathic, oversensitive. So you then worry that if you can recreate what you, what you did last night, and often I do because I'm a professional and I demand great things from myself. But when it comes to touring, it's just a version of that every two days for, for five or six months where there's only these moments of absolute brilliance. That being said, so that's, that's the overlay of what happens on tour. That being said, I did a gig at Hyde Park uh, just before lockdown, and um, I, I was sort of expecting to come on stage and look triumphant and be triumphant because that's the gig that I do with Let Me Entertain You. I'm heroic! And... Um, <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to floor them. And then this, these, these gas streamers went off that I wasn't expecting. And I came up through the floor, and then I couldn't see the audience. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> So I was spooked. And then uh, Robbie Williams disappears, and Robert Williams, little fat lad from Stoke, has to do the gig. And I'm like, ah, ah, 75,000 people are staring at me. This is terrifying. How am I going to claw this back? And then three songs in, four songs in, five songs in. And then Robbie Williams turns up and he takes over. And the, and the, and the show just went through so many gears. And 
the the audience were throwing so much love my way and by the end of the show it was probably one of the best gigs that I've ever ever done and also one of the most important gigs that I've ever ever done because you know in your pomp when you're in your moments you you it's like going to the pool table and knowing that you're never going to miss but when you get older and you're not in your moment to remind people of what you do or what you're good at if i can say so and they go yeah we we remember you being this good and we love you for it um so that that high park gig meant a lot to me yeah. Oh, I'm making a mental note, David. So if ever we go and see Robbie, third night it is. <laughs> oh, <no>. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say every other. <laughs> yeah, Robbie. Before before we let you go, um, I've got to mention about um, my great mate Bob Wilson. Um, I was with him. It was his 80th birthday last Saturday, and I was with him on Sunday. And he's 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 had a little turn for the worst, but he's he's getting better. But he told me the story of when you met him about the RPW. Yeah. And you, and you was and he was saying that he, when he found out that, that your your middle name, he, he said he, I didn't want to tell Robbie my middle name because his middle name's Primrose, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> because he was saying he was telling me, and I was telling him that I got you were, you were coming on the podcast. He's like, you got to mention when I when I told him, and then he said to the, yeah, we we there was a, there was literally just because of those initials. We had a little bit of a bond and a little bit of a connection, yeah. mixed with the fact that he's a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. What what an absolute legend! Or not just as a footballer for what he achieved, but actually as a character and the spirit of the man. So yeah. when you speak to him, uh, please please tell him that even though it was only a fleeting meeting, that it <laughs> meant a lot to me just to meet a lovely person. Is there, hold on, is there is there a story here? What's your middle name? Uh, Percy. Oh right. Not laughing. It's not. No, it's, no, not. it's, it's not. not. It's not. <laughs> it's Peter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But Primrose, that just takes it all, doesn't it? <laughs> and he told he told me about his daughter, God bless her, that was called Willow, yeah. and that was my nickname at school. So yeah. um, please, please send him my love. I will do it, mate. Brilliant. Before we go, can I just, uh, if you've got a second, can I just ask you about the state of football in America? I mean, obviously, spending so much time in LA, do you go and watch soccer over there, or are you just glued to the TV and, and watching the, the Premier League? Or how, how do you get your fix? Okay, there? well, the great thing about being in America is that you, uh, you can have the three o'clock games. So you, oh, yeah. you, on the TV, you get every single game. So you, you get more football in America than you do in the UK. Um, having said that, I, I did go to LA Galaxy once and it was like somebody from Mars seeing a game of football once, flying back to Mars and then trying to reinterpret it. <laughs> I mean the, the chanting the, the British chanting and, and, and the way that we make up the lyrics and stuff and how rude it is is brilliant it's part of the atmosphere I can't see the Americans quite getting into that well there was like these fans that were behaving like uh, somebody had seen Italian ultras behave once you know with banners and, 
And honestly, I, I think I spent 90 minutes with just my face going. <laughs> but what is this? And then you've got people sub behind going, referee, that's BS. <laughs> that's BS, brilliant. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not BS, bud. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, like, I don't know what the state of it is anymore because that was back in the day when David Beckham was there. But I, I just, I just remember it just being something that I, I didn't want to do again. <laughs> Fair enough. Brilliant. Well, Robbie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. I'm so happy you've been on. Pleasure, so, to, pleasure to speak yeah, to you all. Thanks very much, pal. Anytime that you need me, come on, I will do, because um, I love talking about football. We can tell. <laughs> That's <laughs> You've amazing. you me, I tell you. <laughs> Especially if Port Vale go on a really good run in the cup, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Accrington Stanley at the weekend, mate. <laughs> is it? Is it Accrington Stanley at the weekend? Is it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Another at three home. points. Who? <laughs> <laughs> all right, be well. Brilliant. Nice one, mate. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Lots of love. Bye. This is a Listening Dog Media Production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.